Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to the Dodger Dudes. I'm your co-host Josh Luke with my buddy here, Brett Tomko. We have a special guest, somebody that we've learned a lot from as we launched this podcast show. And uh uh, a not, another longtime friend of Brett. So, Brett, do the introductions, please. Yeah, that's true, because uh, his podcast was probably the first podcast I ever listened to. Um, I wasn't a big podcaster before this. we got into this mix, but we're going to go a little off the menu today. So our guest is a, uh, a chef, a restaurateur, a regular on the Food Network as a judge and competitor on Guy's Groceries Game, as well as Cutthroat Kitchen. He has hosted Food Network's 100 Games and the Halloween Baking Championship, been a judge on Master Chef and master chef juniors he has appeared on various talk shows including today's show good morning america the rachel ray show the chew live with kill <laughs> with kelly and mike a lot of them uh kelly and michael <laughs> and late night with jimmy fallon um he competed on the fourth season of top chef and won top chef all-stars he's the multi-talented chef richard blaze welcome to the show buddy what what's going on man that was nope. a i mean a really great introduction by the way I worked on that, a Dodger I worked hat on that this morning. Like, a Dodger I hat, guys. I like them already. Usually we're just like, it. we usually were just like, hey, it's so-and-so from the Pirates. Let's go. So I, I figured I had to come in strong. There's a lot, there's a lot on this. You're a podcast guy. Uh, um, you know, you got your, your two podcasts that you do. So, you know, we got to step our game up a little bit for this one. Oh my gosh, dude, you guys are killing it. Are you kidding me? Long time subscriber right here. So uh, <laughs> one of the first, I think. One of the first. Yeah. That's true. Maybe top, maybe top 10. I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> I was going to say my intro would be like, uh, if you were like letting people know all the teams you played with. Yeah. That, I mean, that's usually when I, when I do an interview or something, that's usually exactly where they hit it. They're like, <laughs> it takes like 10 Brett minutes. Tomko, <laughs> Journey, man, there's usually a deep breath right before they do it. And then it's like, go and they get them all and they go, did we get them all right? I'm like, <laughs> that's perfect. I, perfect. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you the first question then. So then when you're hearing that with all the teams that you played on, is there like a specific team or two that you're less like, Oh yeah, that one didn't work out. As well as <laughs> there's, there's many of them because there's 10 of them. So there's many teams that didn't work out, but yeah, there's a couple that really didn't work out. Um, I would think Kansas city. Um, I signed there, got a nice little paycheck and I started off like one in seven and I wasn't, I wasn't pitching bad, but we were a horrible team. And uh, so they call me in like two months in the season and they go, hey, we're going to let you go. And I'm thinking, dude, you're paying me three million bucks right now and you're just going to let me walk? Like, that's crazy. So, I mean, it worked <laughs> out great for me because I got to go. I came back and I signed with San Diego. So it was great. So I came back home. But I'm like, two months? You're paying me that much money? I'm like, it's uh, not a smart choice on, on your part, but yeah, you have this, at least your stories end with like, I, I signed a big check. Mine are just like, Ooh, <laughs> not yeah, all that one show didn't work out. That, yeah. that didn't get anything for that. Well, I mean, that's kind of where we are with this podcast right now. We're trying to get it up. So it's not super lucrative right now, but we're, we're making it happen. But I, so yeah. I love the fact that you're wearing a Dodger hat, but tell us, uh, you know, tell us, tell us about your favorite team and growing up, what, what baseball meant to you and who you like to cheer for and why. Yeah, so I, I will get it right out of the way off the top that I am a notorious bandwagon hopper, and I am not ashamed <laughs> to admit it. Uh, I have a I love logos in general, and I like wearing hats. So you can probably see me wearing any major league baseball team's hat at any given moment, and I even like to travel to certain cities with the hat from that team just to sort of like blend in a little bit, which is weird. 
I know. Um, I wondered if you uh, bought them when you were actually in the city, like, hey, I'm going to fit in. So they really love me. I'm going to come on stage in a, in a, in a Milwaukee Brewers hat. Sometimes I do. And honestly, I, I rip that straight off. I know that you're a, you're a big hip hop guy as well. And like, I would, I remember like mid nineties hip hop, you'd watch Tribe Called Quest and like, you know, Fife Dog would be up there right. in a Jersey of whatever city it is. So like, I consider myself sort of a nineties hip hop kid as well. So I think part of it is that, and it's the fact that I like the fashion of, of sports apparel. Well, I've told you, I'm going to, I'm going to get you a Jersey of mine. So when you go to Cincinnati or in that area, you can rock the Tomko Jersey. So people be I, like, what the hell are you doing? Like, why, why do you have that has been on? But hey, no, it'd be loyalty. You're a legend. You're a legend. And <laughs> Cincinnati, I actually, yeah, Cincinnati, that's, that's the one spot where, where you know, I, I have, I don't want to say a good reputation because I think I have a good reputation everywhere. But, you know, it's, it's the one spot where if I go there, like I get rec- recognized quite a bit. Amazing. And, I, and, and an odd sort of like six degrees of separation, I have thrown a first pitch out for Cincinnati it was my first first pitch was with the Cincinnati Reds so how, how did that I, go because I saw I saw your I saw your uh, when I gave you a lot of uh, gave you a lot of flack and, and just for fun uh, you know because I mean yeah. I assume I assume you played some sports growing up uh you know uh, this is embarrassing to admit on this podcast <laughs> but I actually did pitch on my high school baseball team and so, yes, I feel like, I think like most people do, like, yeah, I got this still. I can go up there and do this. And the first time ever being on, like, a major league mound and just the backdrop, which you don't really yeah. realize from home. If you've never you been on the mound, it. how easy yeah, how easy it is. Hey, so Josh I, has never been on the mound, I don't think, yeah. from first pitch. So you're, you're one step <laughs> ahead of him. I've thrown out a couple. I have, I have yet to bounce one. I've put one low and outside once. And the one I threw for Cincinnati, I was just so worried – that I was going to end up being on some weird, you know, sports center clip <laughs> for throwing it in the dugout. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember it had a loop to it, which is not, I threw a hanging fastball, which is not good. You said that, you said <laughs> that with your San Diego one too. And I didn't think it had that much of a loop in it. Cause it's okay. a hard thing to do. So listen, so I threw out a first pitch um, at my college They retired my Jersey. I was playing with LA in Vero beach and they had a night for me. So I drove to Lakeland, Florida. Cause that's where I went to, went to, went to college. And they had me throw out the first pitch. And here I am. I'm in spring training form. Like, I've been pitching in games. And I get out there at my college where I've thrown, like, 7,000 pitches before. And I get on the mound. And you're going cold turkey. You may get a little couple throws with, like, the bat boy on the side. But you're going cold turkey out there. And you get out there. And I, I came, like, an inch away from bouncing it. And you would think I'd dot a fastball in there at like 87, like, you know, right out of bed, but it wasn't that it's not easy. So I gave you a lot of flack. It's just because I have to. Wasn't um, it George yeah, I, W. Bush that right after the 9-11, the Yankee stand that just peppered the strike zone that, with a beam right down the middle? Best first pitch ever, I think. Ever. <laughs> it's classic. Yeah. So, Richard, yeah. you're saying you've never bounced one in a first pitch? That's awesome, man. So, let's, yeah. Not yet, but I'm sure post this podcast, I'm sure to now. Like, that's so, who's support, your favorite right? team? Who'd you grew up rooting for? So, I grew up a New York Mets fan, ride or die, uh, during, of course, like, you know, mid to late 80s when they were exceptional. And, yes, I, I, so I was born a Mets fan, and I still am a Mets fan. I mean, orange and blue are, are cool colors. Uh, and my favorite player growing up was, uh, I know he's a controversial topic right now, but it was, Lenny Dykstra was my favorite oh, player I mean, growing up. I like that. I like that. That was Brett's team yeah. too growing up. Yeah, right? I, was, I was huge. Don't ask me that. I mean, born in Cleveland, 
um, transplanted to Orange County, but I grew up a Mets fan. I was a huge Dwight Gooden and Daryl Strawberry Oof. fan. Hey, so, forget about the last dance with Michael Jordan. They need to do a documentary on the Mets of the late 80s, man. Oh, yeah, many, I'm sure it would be great. You got a full but, show on Dykstra, a full show on Doc, a full show on Daryl. I mean, where does it stop? My, yeah, one I of think my, there's a good in – isn't there a good in – I think there is a good in Strawberry Doc out there. It's a great documentary. Um, yeah. one, of my, one of my coolest moments – and I had a lot of cool moments over 20 years, but one of my coolest moments was – I'm playing for the Yankees. Um, it's the old timers game. So you're sitting in the locker room and Yogi Berra's walking past you, Whitey Ford, Reggie Jackson, all these people that are like mythical characters. And so Daryl Strawberry and Dwight Gooden are in, in, in the clubhouse. And somehow I wrangled them to my locker to sit down, Dwight on the right side, Daryl on the left side, and sat in my locker for about 30 minutes, just like rapping about baseball. And I told them a story growing up a Mets fan. And, and fans of them but it was one of those moments where you got to step out of the out of your body for a second and go there's no way this is happening is anyone seeing this right now because this is one of the coolest things that's ever happened to me it was really really cool i mean even being a mets fan through the 86 world series i still remember where i was at the 86 world series i was at uh science camp on catalina island everyone out was you know seventh eighth grade they're trying to hook up by like you know, the, you know the tree down by the water i'm in my room with a radio listening to the world series that's game six or what uh game six yeah okay yeah Yeah. i remember i was in my grandmother's house on long island and like you know that thing you do when you're watching when you're a kid and you're watching like a horror movie and you close your eyes and ears (laughs) for like five seconds and i literally did that and missed you know the buckner little dribbler and like you know when i opened my eyes up you know someone was scoring and i I can remember that moment like you know all historical moments so i have a common theme for you here so i go to all the ballparks i got three left and i I always do two things i I try the local beer and i try a local food i literally just say what's the local food that you're supposed to buy when you're here so what's the new the shea is called citibank bread is that what the new citibank yeah citibank so i'm at citibank and i got and you mentioned that you were on in the bacon championship well they have bacon on a stick at, at the Citibank field is one of the big things. It's literally a big skewer with this big, thick piece of bacon. I'd never seen that anywhere, but it was one of my favorites. It was a top five national food because I try the different foods everywhere. So have you had the bacon on a stick mm. at Citibank? I have not had that yet, but that sounds, I mean, I am a fan of bacon. You know, my podcast, one of them right now is Food Court where people debate, you know, uh, you know, their food pet peeves, if you will. And one recently was bacon versus sausage. So uh, I am a bacon fan for sure. I'll have to try that. I, just I, been, I still, I just been, I've been listened cause I hadn't been out in public. I hadn't written, been in my car or anything. So I usually listen to the podcast with my car and I had to drive down to the hospital and I binged listened like four episodes. So I went through the bacon sausage, the pie versus cake. I went through all of them. So <laughs> It was good. I'm not sure. I don't know if I agree with all your judgments, but no, listen, I, I judge, listen, I'm an umpire in that. I, I (laughs) I just, it's just what I see. It's the debate. It's not my own personal feelings. Uh, it's just the argument that was made. A matter of fact, I don't agree personally with a lot of the decisions I've made either. It's just about their arguments. Well, let's do a a quick (laughs) poll on bacon. Should bacon be, uh, I think should bacon be well done or just over medium? Some people like it burnt. So you tell me, how do you guys like your bacon? Mm. Well, I mean, I have some serious, serious British roots. So I am the uh, out, outlier here. I am the uh, medium rare bacon guy. Really? 
Yeah, I know. Controversial. You have to get a sound effect for that one. I used to like it crunchy, but now I don't like <laughs> it crunchy. Like that's it that's your sound effect right there. Yeah. My wife, she orders when she goes, I'm almost embarrassed when, when she orders bacon because she'll, you know, eggs, whatever, scrambled. And I want bacon. I want it burnt. I want yeah. it black. Yeah. And I'm embarrassed like to order like you can't order it like black. Like you you just not we It comes it. black when you order black. I've done the same. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's crunchy. Hey, so here. how's how's uh quarantine life for you? How how Yeah, you quarantine uh, you know, I think like most people were just taking it day by day and, you know, counting our blessings and certainly not our money at this moment. But, uh, <laughs> you know, we are, you know, I think learning a lot. I think I always like to be the sort of uh, positive side of things, guys. So we're like, I mean, we're hanging out with our family and uh, we're blessed enough that we, you know, can be together at the moment. So we're learning a lot about each other, <laughs> because we, you know, every second of every day. I just kicked him out of the house actually to go like for a little walk while we're doing this, but we're, we're doing well. I think that I'm excited to see what's on the other side of this. Cause it's going to open up a lot of new business opportunities. You guys probably are seeing it. Podcasts are one of the few things that are sort of thriving in this moment because people have the time now they might be bored. They might, you know, give a show a listen that they, they, they didn't hear about. Yeah, that's true. Um, what about, what about the kids? Are they handling my kids? We started like real homeschool, like, like real, like their whole curriculum. And we've already melted down. We're two days in, we're two meltdowns in. So it's just, they're not, they're not handling it. They don't like it. Yeah. I mean, I, we've, we've been doing it like the whole ride here for the last five weeks because, you know, my wife is uh, wh whoever, who's a really serious MLB manager. That's like, are there any like old, old school still like my way or the highway managers? Oh, that, <laughs> so that's a great question. <laughs> They're all getting like kicked out. Like that's Luke what I'm Nella saying. Was, yeah, they're all, it's all Walter, young. But I don't think Show, he's yeah, Buck Show Walter, but uh, I think he's not getting anything. Pinella's probably a better example. My wife is the <laughs> Lou Pinella of of our relationship, and I'm I'm often getting you know dirt and bases thrown at me and hats spun around at me and stuff like that. Yeah, I see. I'm the Pinella. I I have zero patience. My kids like dad. I can't figure. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a fraction. Like what? It's common yeah. denominator. Let's go. Like I get I get mad because they just they, they yeah. just don't want to put in the effort. So. Yeah, my wife's handling all the work. I'm handling what's called PE, but it's really just <laughs> I hit a bunch of foam golf balls in the front yard, and they and the kids just run around while I do it. I'm yeah, horrible. Your, go your golf game, your your it's got it's ev it's evolved. It's evolved. Thank you. I've seen Thank I've you. seen I've seen it from the start where I was like, ooh, maybe you should put it down, maybe because you're you you do a little lacrosse thing. You take your lacrosse stick everywhere you go. It seems like yeah, yeah. You, you to, play. Yeah, for you sure. don't play lacrosse, do you? I actually played lacrosse and baseball. My high school team was so bad that they had me. I played <laughs> lacrosse and baseball in this. And I always joke about this. I was the Deion Sanders, basically. That's how bad <laughs> the big statement my high right school there. <laughs> team was. Yeah. I would go from the lacrosse field to the baseball diamond. And I didn't have a helicopter or anything. Wear and, big gold uh, chains. Yeah, no chains, no helicopters. But in my mind, I was Deion because I played two sports in the same season, which is rare. That's, that's, I mean, hey. Where'd you go to high school? Uh, this was Uniondale High School on Long Island. We were, uh, again, my whole baseball career was that I was pretty good in a really bad baseball playing town. No, wait, and listen. Any, yeah. Listen, I read something. I don't know if this is made up. Okay. I'm figuring it's made up. 1982, as a pitcher for Frank's Pizza. Mm. Sound familiar? 
Yeah, this is I, I know where this is going. I don't you want to take it from I mean this yeah, is Richard when, like, came I, Rich it says Richard came in to pitch the final playoff game of the season with his team down by two runs. He managed to no hit the mighty Sunaco team for the next five innings and his squad scored three runs to win the game. Yeah, this back, is back what happens. It? Yeah, this is what happens when your dad decides to jump in the Wikipedia page. <laughs> I wondered who I was like, did he write that or did somebody yeah. even know? That's classic, and I only know way. this because he was like, check out the Wikipedia page today. Uh, and, yeah, I got a good a laugh very, out of it. Yeah, it was fun because it was a defining moment because my dad coached uh, my Little League team for a number of years, but he was the typical like, hey, you're one of the best players, but you're going to bat seventh just so the team doesn't think there's any like special treatment going on. And uh, as a pitcher, we had one, guy, one kid, his name was Pat, I remember, and he would throw flamethrowers. He was so wild. And all I could do was just throw nice little strikes with no velocity. So I would get killed everywhere. So they didn't start me in this big game. It was a big controversy. They went with the, the, the wild hothead uh, pitcher. He got kicked out of the game because he like cursed at a parent in the second <laughs> inning. And then I came in and threw sidearm for the first time ever because they were like, listen, you got to do something else. They're just going to hit home runs all day. You got to, can you throw from a different angle? And like, you know, the era I was from. So I was like, I'm about to Kent to Colvey this thing. <laughs> and we are we went, family. I went five innings. There we go. Dude, that's amazing right there. I wish I had, gosh, I'm, I'm in the middle. I know you coach your girls, you coach soccer. Um, I coach little league, um, baseball. I mean, it gets intense. You sports is intense. I think more intense than when we grew up. Well, I especially have, and you're a Midwestern guy, right? I mean, yeah. like I, you know, Long Island, like, California, Texas, Florida. I think these are different places when it comes to youth sports. And I've learned that in California pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. It's, it's, it's intense. Very I had, intense. I had a manager, our, literally our last game before the quarantine, like start yelling at me because I questioned a call that was like a normal baseball call. And he was beside himself that I questioned it. And we were up by like nine runs and he was like, how dare you? I'm like, it's the rules. And like, like Matt, like mad, like angry at me and wanted to like get in my face. And I'm like, dude, it's little league. They're 10. Like, we're trying to teach the umpires. We're trying to teach the kids. And, and <clears throat> I don't know. I'm intense. I remember that too, Brett, where I was like the guy that, hey, I'm, I'm always a positive for the umps and stuff like that. And other people didn't see it that way. They always thought it was manipulation. But, hey, Richard, I want to tell you, when I coached the league, I had one championship year. You were the guy I actually used as a closer. To me, it was the opposite. I wanted my control guy coming in the last inning or two to make sure I didn't walk people and give away free runs because little league's a lot different than, than when you get to high school and the kids know how to hit, right? So, I would. I had a kid on my team that was the shortest kid, and he'd throw these little rainbows, but they'd go in there for strikes, and guys couldn't hit them. So I like the strategy. I like the approach, man. I'm glad. I'm glad. I you will send my, my, my dad a note, too. He will appreciate that. Ahead of your time. So when you're traveling around, because you travel constantly, um, do, you go, do you get to go to a lot of sporting events, or you're usually in and out of a city? So do you guys yeah. have to take time to, to do stuff, either down here in San Diego or L.A. or anywhere? I mean, we do not as much as I probably would like to, because I think like a lot of people, if, if I'm really, if I really want to watch a game, I, there's sometimes more enjoyment by watching it on television. You know, you get a different experience, but I do like to have those experiences at stadiums. Um, and when I can get to those places. So for sure, we, we, we get, we get around a little bit. Well, we're not going to ask you specifically stuff, but we, we talked a little bit, you know, off camera about, ballpark food and we, and we brought up Chicago and the yeah. hot dog there. So explain to me what you think, why the big buzz for the Chicagoans, uh, why they love their hot dogs so much. 
Um, well, it's, it's always been really a crazy enigma to me because a hot dog is a simple food, right? And you think of it in just of like, okay, it's, just, it's, it's some meat on a bun with some mustard, whatever. But then the Chicago style hot dog, which is got these hot peppers on it, nuclear green relish, <laughs> and then it's seasoned with celery salt. Like I, if I did that on a Food Network show, like they would think that was the most creative thing ever. They'd be like, celery salt? It's like really, <laughs> it's really modern stuff. And it's also kind of crazy. Um, and that's the Chicago dog. And it's one of my favorite like ballpark, like, uh, you know, fast foodie sort of things that people don't give enough credit to how creative it actually is. It's not just a hot dog. Brett, I have a question specific to Cincinnati. So I mentioned to you, I did the ballpark uh, tour. Cincinnati is one of the three I have left because I went to the old riverfront. In fact, I got to see Brett play against my brother in uh, riverfront in 1998 and I remember there, I, I saw something that I'd never seen, and I thought I was pretty worldly. It, it, I think they called it Coney Dogs, but it was two little hot dogs. So what's the deal, Brett? What's it's Skyline. Skyline. There's Skyline and there's Gold Star. And okay. when I first got to Cincinnati, it was disgusting. They brought that in the clubhouse, and they're like, hey, you got to try the Skyline. They put it on, they put it on spaghetti. Um, they put the chili, and it's – it, I don't know. I'm pretty sure I know that there's a chocolate in the, uh, in the chili and it's a little bit looser of a, of a consistency, but they brought this in, they put them on little, they call them chili cheese conies. It's mustard, little tiny uh, water boiled hot dog, a, a gob of cheese. And I ate this. And I'm like, this is gross. I'll never do this again. And they kept bringing it in the clubhouse and you're like, I'll try it again. So you try it again. You're like, ah, oh, it's not so bad. And then it comes, you start craving it. And Every time it's in the clubhouse, I'm like, I'll take eight chili cheese uh, Coney dogs and stuff them in my face. And it became a thing. Sean Casey and I, we'd come back from a road trip. We'd fly in late night. I, he didn't have a car. He's like, hey, BT, you take me home? I'm like, yeah, I'll take you home. He's like, hey, just crash, crash on my couch and we'll, we'll get some breakfast in the morning. We would get up in our cutoff shirts and our shorts. And here we are, two like Cincinnati's, you know, players go into a local skyline and just sit there and demolish skyline at like 10 30 in the morning became like a thing. And every time I go back to Cincinnati, it is the first stop that I make. It's not the best thing in the world, but it's like, it's a thing. And it's like, you start, it's, it, you reminisce the good times that that's kind of yeah. how I, I do it. Uh, confession. I am a fan as well. Yeah. A matter of fact, I might even, if we had to put it up against the Chicago hot dog, it's even more creative because of what you mentioned. It's chili with like chocolate and cinnamon in it. <laughs> and they just, and they dump it. Let's not be like, there's no, oh, like, they cover it. There's no finesseful plating here. It's just a dump of this. It's not the most attractive looking mixture. <laughs> <laughs> For plating skills, it would not, it would not judge well. <laughs> uh, but the last time I was in Cincinnati, um, my, I, I actually, the last meal I've had in Cincinnati was Gold Star. Now I know that that's very Ugh. controversial, Skyline versus Gold Star. And I know that, you know, I, this was just because it was close to my hotel. It wasn't okay. a preference, but. Yeah, because when, um, you go, when you go to a Skyline downtown, man, you're taking your life in your own hands. You get in, you get <laughs> out and like, you have a few of those little oyster crackers, shove them in, get your conies, hammer them and go. I'm not a big fan of it on like on the spaghetti, three-way, five-way, seven-way, whatever. They put onions. They put all – I'm not, I'm not into that. I like the little chili cheese coney dog. That's what I kill. Hey, we've all been around the house for now a few weeks maybe. Um, I'm getting a little tired of betting on uh, what time my kids' Zoom classroom meetings are going to get over or what type of frozen dinner we're going to make. Um, but with no NBA, 
NHL or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. But Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. But sports aren't totally done. There's still a ton of other stuff. Esports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, and their $750,000 poker series. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. So what about, so let's go to Dodger Stadium. Um, if we're going to talk hot dogs and, and, and you're on this podcast, we have to talk about the Dodger dog. Fan or not a fan? Because I know it's a controversial thing. There's, there's, there's the locals that swear by it, think it's the best hot dog ever. And then you get people that come in here and go, that's, that's disgusting. Uh, I mean, listen, if you're, I mean, I, I think this is one of, the, one of the things about food is that it will take on the mystique of wherever you're eating it, right? So like that Chicago style hot dog is not as good if you're not sitting in Wrigley, right? Same and very much so for the Dodger dog. Like if you're there on your transistor radio and you're listening to, you know, Vin Scully do a commercial <laughs> for the Dodger dog. And the last time I, I have a very, like my Dodger dog experience was Manny Ramirez coming back off of his suspension. And I'm pretty sure I have this right. Like coming back up or whatever it was, he's all jacked up looking like, you know, uh, the Terminator. And <laughs> I'm in LA for one of the first times ever. Someone's like, you know, wants me to do a business deal. So I have good seats. And I also just finished a 30 day vegan challenge. And the first meat I was going to eat was a Dodger dog. And I was going to have this diet Pepsi or whatever it was. Uh And it is just an, it's an experience (laughs) I will never forget, but I will also tell you this. It was the saltiest and the sweetest thing I had ever tasted because I had just done this like vegan cleanse for 30 days. Fast forward, Manny hits a big home run into the left field bleachers and just people are going bananas. His dreads are flopping around everywhere. And it's just an <laughs> incredible moment. Manny's got me before. Uh, he's, he was something else. That, that, that was, he, he's crazy. Um, Let me ask you a question real sure. quick because yeah. I like, you know, I'm a, I'm a data uh, nerd. So like how Manny's stepping up and like how, how in tune are you as a pitcher to like the sabermetrics and the data when, when you're facing these guys? See, when I played, a little bit different. We didn't have as much. We had data if we wanted it, and we could get to it. And it was more like, what does he do in certain counts? Oh, counts, he swings, you know, 45% of the time, you know, 3-2 count. So, like, we had that data. Um, It's gotten more extensive and and almost absurd. But you know if a guy's hot, you you know if a guy's not. If if Manny's hot and you go – holy crap, how am I going to do this? You're trying to get the guys out before him so when he comes up and he hits his bomb, you don't get hurt. That's the big thing. But you're, you're totally aware. I'm aware a week ahead of time. Like I'm facing – like hey, he's in Boston. I'm facing the Red Sox in Fenway, and I'm like, man, he's stinking hot. So like, and I'm nervous about it for like four days. And that's just my, how my more, I was a nervous pitcher. Like I, I, I had a hard time sitting in the clubhouse before, but you're aware of everyone who's hitting good. The guys that are not like, you can't not, it, it, it's, it's just the way it is. So I, I always went into it with those big guys. Like I'm going to try not to get hurt by all the other guys and, and they're going to do what they got to do. That's like facing Bonds and McGuire and Sosa, like Tony Gwynn. Tony Gwynn was like, dude, he was going to get a hit. Didn't matter. Like 
not against me. I, I faced Tony Gwynn pretty good, but uh, <laughs> that's a whole different story. That's my one claim to fame. Like Tony Gwynn was one for nine off me. Can't hit me. He's the best hitter of all time. Couldn't hit nice. me. Um, but you know those guys. You just gotta you just gotta strap it on and let's go. Mm. So yeah, um, yeah. I had an idea for a show, and you you like ghosted me on it. It was me and you going around to ballparks, like tasting food. And you just like ghosted me, like horrible idea. Oh, Tony. first Don't of all, I, I'm, I'm notorious. I guess I ghost a lot of people. But I don't realize well, <laughs> that it's happening. So I apologize for that. And uh, I think it probably, I was like, wow, I really want to do that and eat all of that food. And it was probably during one of these like weird challenge moments where I'm like, I was upset at you to like want to eat a bunch of hot dogs <laughs> like, with me. Well, I mean, that's a big thing too. Like you've, you, you're definitely active now. You went through it like me, might've been a bigger kid growing up. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. have to be so polite yeah. <laughs> i'll say rounder than you are now because i was i was plump i was plump through junior high high school little through my big league career when when i put on that freshman 15 but you, you've gotten super healthy you guys do a whole bunch of things the whole 30 um you run like a madman uh what got you into all that stuff uh, i mean i think honestly it was my wife like literally chasing my wife uh early on and then just um you know wanting to make sure that i'm in this this game for the long run you know and just like you know chef life is not historically is like you know it's it's a quick burn and and you know we work hard play hard sort of situation so it's more of just sort of trying to extend everything and then once you get into it you know i'm a very obsessive personality uh, and then it's like, oh, actually now this is what I do. I just, I run and I eat healthier, whatever it is. So I get, I get really excited about, uh, you know, new formats and, uh, obsession. I mean, you ran New York city marathon that like I've how run many times? six, six New York city marathons. This one, uh, you know, uh, God willing, if, uh, we can clear the pandemic year will be the, my seventh New York city. It's their 50th anniversary, but We'll see what happens with that. Yeah. My my goal was to run a marathon when I stopped playing. I would I mean, as a pitcher, you run a ton. You 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 pitch and then you the next day you're trying to flush your system out. So I put I would put on six miles the next day, five miles the next day. But and my whole thing was like, I'm gonna run a marathon when I'm done. And then when I got done, I'm like, I'm tired of running. Like I'm not doing it. Like I and and I'm intimidated by it. I don't see I don't see how you did it. Running. Well, the the offer stands here live on the podcast if you want to oh, run gosh, this one in the fall. Uh, you let me know. We'll make, we'll make that happen. I mean, there's all, there's all sorts of, you know, athletes out there. I mean, you got it. You know, no, you got I, it in you. That's I, the thing. I ran, I ran, we had Eric Burns on and he's like an ultra marathoner, got out of baseball, went into this crazy thing, hundred mile run, like, ran like 900 miles from Chicago to New York. So I got all inspired. I'm like, I'm going to go run today. And I ran five miles and literally thought I was going to die like halfway through. So I'm not ready. I couldn't do 20. I couldn't do 26. My hat's off to you. Um, does, the, does this health, this like healthy lifestyle, does it affect your restaurants? Because you have two restaurants. You have Juniper and Ivy uh, down in Little Italy, San Diego, and you have Crack Shack, which has a bunch of locations now. Does that affect how you set your menu up? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, either orchestrating or other people are making most of the operating decisions. So it really doesn't affect anything that I'm doing. Um, it's changed me as a cook, like just, you know, obviously I don't, you know, bacon's a great example or uh, heavy cream or which was also heavy cream was used to be my DJ name. <laughs> <That's> uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to show off the split screen picture here. Uh, I've changed my DJ name now to creme fresh, which because I'm lighter. And, uh, but, you know, it, 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 I reach for different ingredients right now. And it's actually it's more of a challenge as a cook. And um, 
I still love to eat though. I think that's the thing that people, you know, anytime you're eating, you know, on some sort of nutrition plan, none of it, it's always been about, Hey, I want to eat a lot of food. Uh, that's that big boy mentality I still have. Yeah. I got that mentality too. What <clears throat> right now during the quarantine, what's your go-to stuff? I mean, I know you're cooking all sorts of stuff, but like, you know, we're, we don't cook a, we don't cook a ton. We, we like to eat out. Um, but when we do cook, we have the basics, but you know, we're not used to cooking like three meals a day. And it's like, yeah, people no, repeated. It's, like, do you have a go-to that you're going to right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm a professional cook, obviously. And the last couple of days here, I've been like, guys, this is just too much. <laughs> Fro- frozen <laughs> like, frozen like pizza. Three, like <laughs> Three and four meals a day. Like, it's just, I'm just washing dishes and cleaning stoves. It's like my earlier in my career here at the house. Uh, I do have a couple tips for quarantine though. There's two items on the protein side that are lifesavers, pork shoulder and chicken thighs. They're easy to cook. Not that this is a cooking podcast. You can't mess them up throw them on the grill, cook, you know, cook them in the oven. Uh, those are two things that will be on menus here at the Casa Blaze uh, frequently. I just did pork chops for my kids for the first time uh, uh, about three or four nights ago. So they, was, they were on the fence. I had one kid like, oh, this is great. It's my one kid that likes to eat. He's like, this is great. And I had like a little sauce with it. My other kid's like, dad, I don't know. This isn't the best. This isn't the best of quarantine. He'd rather have like frozen Costco pizza than, than dad cooking. So yeah. Same here. I'm, I'm, the kids are tough critics. My youngest is like notorious. Like, I mean, like every, like, I mean, she just, she's my worst critic. Like, I don't think I've impressed her yet. She's I not. Feel, I feel great. I, I made some like Sam, like, you know, just some simple salmon and some potatoes. And my kid's like, this is the best meal we've had all quarantine, dad. I'm like, dude, you're that, easy to please. Like, that makes mom mad when they say that the one night dad cooks too. That happens to me sometimes. So. I do, I do most of the cooking in the house. Uh, so I, it praise for my, my one that's super picky is, is, is a nice, a nice surprise. So, well, listen, um, top chef <clears throat> competed on season four. You won top chef all-stars, the OG, cause it's, there's an all-stars on right now, but you're the OG. How does something like that, how does that like begin? How do you know that that show's even taping where you're like, I'm going to go on this show and do it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give you the, the, the quick side of it is I didn't apply. Um, you know, they found me uh, really just happen chance. They were, I was in Atlanta at the time. I think they were casting at Atlanta. I was running a local restaurant. I think we probably had gotten a review that week in the, you know, the Journal of Constitution. And I think some casting director was probably having their morning breakfast and just looked at the newspaper and was like, oh, this guy's got goggles on and shooting liquid nitrogen at a tomato. We should, <laughs> he might be good TV. Let's give this guy a call. and. That's how it, that's how it all happened. And then once I started cooking competitively, um, and I had already competed on Iron Chef before that, but I sort of combined these two worlds, which were basically me being, you know, and also ran high school athlete, my love of sports. I, I, then I realized, oh, wow, this is, this is competition. This is sport. It's absolute sport. And I think that that's why it works so well on TV. There's natural tension. You don't know what's going to happen. And there, you know, I mean, it's, it's probably more of a, figure skating or that type of sport because of the judging process it's not concrete who wins and loses but it is absolute sport and i just fell in love with it yeah because i mean you watch those shows and and i've always wondered that because i'm 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 doing great in quarantine because i probably watch food network more than i watch like sports and um you see these competitions and you see these chefs it's like it's like fair game i mean they're going after it and and i would imagine like you said the sports background it's always something i've wondered about because you know you go into it and and some people are like hey i'm here for the show and it's fun but you can see some some of the chefs that are like no i want to win and i want to demolish this person so I, I imagine growing up playing some sports had you know has some benefit to it 
Uh, I mean, definitely, because, you know, I mean, you know, culinary arts, it's more on the, you know, artistic side. So um, you don't you don't really go through those moments of competition. You're, you're not continuously getting judged, obviously, just by the amount of people that come into your restaurant. Uh, so I think it helps to have some sort of athletic background. I think if you go in there and you have no, you know, competitive streak in you, you're going to be gone early because it is very different than running a restaurant or just cooking at home. It's a game and you have to like kind of figure out what the rules are and and try and strategize and, and play to that specific game. Yeah, uh, but I, I loved I, it. I, go ahead. No, I, I think the challenge for me was the difference is, you know, as, a, as an athlete, you're sort of taught, taught you're, you're taught, my New York came out real, real hard there. You're taught real early that, you know, you're going to lose X amount of games, right? I mean, as a baseball player, I mean, how many games do you lose a year? Like, you're, you're, you're a lot. you know, I mean, a lot. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, we lost today. We'll get him tomorrow. And with cooking competitions, you lose and you're gone forever. And like that, <laughs> I, think, I think the fear of that was what kept me going. It's like, oh, I really like this. So I have to keep doing well because I don't really want, you know, to leave. Because if I leave, it's not like there's a next, next season. You know, I can't just sort of like brush it off and go back. Because, I mean, that sh- I, I wouldn't say that show put you on the map in terms of like nationally. And because you go into it and, and you go, you go to school to learn how to cook and become a chef. And that's not, you're not, your whole goal is not to be a celebrity chef. Like that's not where you went into it originally, but then you get thrusted into that. And now all of a sudden you're on the map, you, everyone knows you and, and it becomes a thing where, you know, you're known to be that guy. You're known to be, like you said, the liquid nitrogen guy coming in there, easy things and, and producing great food. You know, once you get established, I would imagine it's, it's a little bit easier um, walking into those shows and kind of with the reputation, I would, I would assume. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, no, the reputation is one of the, I was, I'm going to use the baseball analogy here. I think it, it helped me with the way that I cooked. I was your left-handed sidearm throwing <laughs> high soft goggle wearing one out reliever. Joe and Kel- like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and like, when that guy comes on the field, he, he throws to one batter and he's gone. But, like, you never forget that guy. Like, he's, he's just right. so weird looking and he's doing things so differently. And, like, I think that ended up serving me well in the competition food space early on. Hey, I have a question for you. Uh, is that background, that perfect background, is that actually your kitchen or is that just a green screen that looks like a perfect kitchen? <laughs> uh, this is the home kitchen. So, it's, yeah. uh, you know. We, we, I just inherited it here at the house, but uh, it, it tends to be a decent backdrop for uh, well, all the digital things we're doing. I'm thinking about creating a, a food and sport TV show, and the, the only episode is going to be lining up several Houston Astros and letting oh. you choose how to torture them, whether with a pie in the face, <laughs> habanero pepper eating competition. Brett, what else could we do to line up Jose Altuve and Bregman, some of the other guys? And just let Richard torture them with food. I mean, what do you Listen, think? Listen, this has been like a constant theme on our show, Josh. Ever since the, the I will not let it go. <laughs> trash can banging thing has gone on. Josh has just been beside himself. And he had been calling it before. I think they're cheating. And I was like, well, no, they're just, you know, they're, they're locked in. They're getting the analytics. And then all of a sudden the trash can thing comes out. He's like, I told you they're cheaters. <laughs> and, and, and very upset that the Dodgers got beaten in the World Series a few years back. So, 
So, so yeah, I just so. have one last question for you. I know we got a couple minutes left, and and this is this is a straight uh, old guy uh, wants to know if my diet works. Question: I found this low carb bread at Sprouts. It's only three carbs <laughs> and 160 piece of calories. What do you think? Is there something in it in it that's going to kill me, or should I? It, it's it's been awesome to be on keto or car, low carb diet, and to be able to have a sandwich. It's like the greatest thing you could ever eat. I mean, have you have you seen this stuff? Listen, one of the first days of quarantine here, we went to the store. There was no bread, no flour, but there was this one lonely <laughs> carb-free coconut loaf frozen. Yeah, in the, the refrigerator section. Right. And, and I found it. And same here. I, I, I stay pretty low carb. And I ate like, you know, peanut butter and natural jelly, you know, sugared sandwiches for like three days in a row because I haven't had bread in a while. And it was glorious. So I'm with you. All Go right, so it. Sprouts, sure if fine. you want to advertise on our show, we just gave you a little <laughs> plug. Top right section of the refrigerator section next to the bread. You can find that low-carb bread. Just leave some for Always, me. always looking I'm for safe. sponsors. We're going to live. <laughs> All right, I got a couple games uh, for you. I know on your show you do, you do some games. Um, I'm going to give you – we're calling this game twinning. Uh, I'm going to give you a set of three people, three baseball players or baseball-related people, and you're going to match them up with a chef based on you what you think the characteristics of these players are okay Ooh, understand okay. yeah all right I, first I, I kind of okay so like like uh, i'm trying i i okay, me i would be like i said like ihop chef like i'm not like great you like babe ruth ty cobb ted williams babe ruth prolific prolific home run hitter ty cobb kind of a bad boy ted williams mr consistent Ooh. okay Got it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll try. These are some classics. Babe Ruth and, and the culinary names you might not even like, this is obviously these are long gone players, right? Um, Babe Ruth, I'm going to say there's a chef named Fernand Point. Uh, Fernand Point was a great French chef and one of the first cookbooks I ever read. And the, the thing about Fernand Point is he ate like six chickens a day. And there's nothing else really to compare him to Babe Ruth, except that he was great. Babe Ruth was great. And I think Babe Ruth might have also eaten six chickens a day. He's a, he was a glutton. Yeah, no, that's, that's, a, go. that's a great. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have went there with that one. That's perfect. Ty Cobb, a nice. little Ooh, bit of a Ty bad Cobb. boy. Wasn't well liked. <laughs> wow. Old school bad boy. Wasn't you can well relate liked. it to a, you can relate it to a current yeah. chef if you want. Yeah, I will. This is going to, I'll go with a living chef. This is going to be Marco Pierre White, who, if you don't know who that, who that was, basically was sort of Gordon Ramsay before Gordon Ramsay. As a matter of fact, Gordon Ramsay worked for Marco Pierre White, very controversial, you know, has a couple of really great cookbooks early on in my career um you know just like yeah sort of foul-mouthed and wild and like the, maybe the first rock star chef so i'll go that's, ty cobb Marcus that's Pierre ty cobb White. that's good got it ted williams mr maybe ted the williams. best hitter of all time right i mean i even myself i think my dad gave me like the actual analog record of like ted williams like strategies on how to hit a baseball you know what i'm talking about yeah oh yeah, yeah. Like no, the, the art of the art of hitting there was a book and it had like a whole diagram of all these like averages for certain quadrants every I, I i got the book exactly and um so i'm gonna go here uh jacques pepin just okay. like an old classic everyone loves him he's still out there right now making tomatoes in the roses and like just like the technique is just superb no one says a bad thing about him ted williams jacques pepin okay more current players yeah mike trout fernando tatis jr Derek jeter Wow. Um, okay. 
this trout could be the best the best guy in the game right now yeah i know i know the trout one's tough especially since if you've seen him hitting that golf ball out of uh oh amazing yeah Uh, more more impressive than i think any other thing he's done in the baseball field like he just like hits that thing into the you know the next galaxy dude he he's a phenomenal i'm a huge mike trout fan like I, i i don't get too much into like, you know, I played, I had to be like objective and like, Hey, I'm going to get the, but like, I would pay money to go see Mike Trout. Like that's, yeah, I'm trying is, to get my kids to be like, Hey, be a Mike Trout fan. Yeah. Listen, I'm this is going to be, it might be an obscure chef to your listeners, but Mike Solomonov, who is a chef in Philadelphia, just keeps winning all of these awards. And he's just like award, 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 award. My ego wanted to say me, but I can't, I'm more of, <laughs> you don't even have a player in this thing. Like I'm just that's like, that's not I, true. I, I, I'm a utility player. Like I can play a bunch of positions. I'm not great at anything. I'm not slow. I'm not fast. I'll get a hit in the clutch when you need it, but I'm also like, no, you know. I, I don't, you're not giving yourself credit. I was thinking about this this morning as I was okay. making this up and I was like, who, who would, who would blaze be? And I'm thinking like Nolan Arenado, Colorado, okay. like solid third baseman, flashy glove, like, you know, gold glover can make the plays spectacular. Like he's solid. Like, that, that, to me, that's it. Like, you got your liquid nitrogen. You got your big flamethrower. Like, the, the bells and whistles mm. are there. Superstar. That, that's what I'm going with. I'll take it. And I will go head first into the dugout. For that <laughs> there you go. I will, I, will, I will go for it. We're San Diego guys. Fernando Tatis Jr., the big up-and-coming, like, hot guy. Wow. Hot as in player. Hot as in player, not, like, physically. Uh, I'm going to say Kwame from Top Chef. Oh, I like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, uh, as far as the, like the, like, like on trend and just like all over the place right now, that's the answer. If you're going to go with the lineage, sort of like his, his dad played and his brothers play, then I'm going to say, uh, Mark Forgione, whose dad, Larry Forgione is another great chef. And you don't see too many of those sort of, uh, like the father, son, father, daughter thing in, uh, cooking as much as you, as you think you would. Emerald has a son as well. Who's going to be, pretty hot stuff so those are i gotta be three answers for, for I, I like it i like it jeter jeter this one that's a, that's a, this know, is a tough one uh, this is a tough one yeah a tough one because like i mean honestly even as a mets fan and my wife has boston roots and like does not like anything about the yankees um i have not told her that you wore that jersey yet just to be it's, clear I, yeah, <laughs> I, i'm gonna i'm gonna post something my championship ring just to see if yeah. she like comment yeah. on it Okay. Yeah, yeah, she will. Um, and if she's from Boston. You'll have to block her. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Let's see. I will. Um, the the player again. This is Jeter. I'm gonna say as much as. Again, who who you can't not like Derek Jeter. Right. Right. And I I think we got to go David Chang here. Like he's he's sort of making the transition from player to owner and celebrity all in one. High praise, but I'm gonna say David Chang. Okay, so for our listeners, we'll cut this one down. Um, Dave Roberts. Oh, on the Dave anal- Roberts. Yeah, on the analytical side, um, you know, a thinker. I'm trying to give you a few little Yeah, I, listen, I know Dave well, a little bit, right? You know uh, Dave quite well. I know Dave quite that's well. How we, we, that's how we met, actually. This is Down true. At restaurant, which is, was a, a very embarrassing moment for me. Like I, like me I well. said, like I watched Food Network a ton. So, like, you know, I was a fan of yours when, when you were on – top chef and here we are we you know dave and, and i and our family try to get together in the off season we go to your restaurant so i'm sitting there i'm like 
oh, dude, Richard Blaze is here. Hey, and I, said, and I tell Dave, I'm like, oh, it's this and that and this and that. So Dave tells our waiter, hey, could you go get Richard Blaze? Right, right here is a big fan. So I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. So here you yes. come over there, and, and that, I barely like got out like four words. Couldn't put any words together. Well, I remember specifically, you were like, hey, nice to meet you, whatever. And my friend just got the job as the Dodgers manager. I didn't know where to go with a, it. I'm like, he's right. way more like famous than me. And because I was like kind of like, you know, in the middle of a Saturday night and like didn't really know where I was, in my mind, I was like, yeah, I just got the job as the Yankees manager. <laughs> <laughs> like I thought you were pulling, pulling one on me. Then I was really embarrassed, which I did because in MLB, the show, I was coaching the Yankees at that moment. So like I was keeping it real with you. Um, but what I, I mean, just like you, like Dave Roberts is, you know, one of the nicest people like in the world and like just have seen like the last time I saw him in San Diego, like he found an usher deep in the stands, like to pull down on the field and say hello to just like, I mean, you know, salt yeah. of the earth best guy in the world so that being said who is the Dave Roberts of the culinary world my answer is going to be Andrew Zimmerin ah, Andrew Zimmerin right so the you, you've seen him he's super popular he's got all these tv shows but he's also like a man of the people very politically minded super nice to everyone he comes in contact with and like that's probably the clearest comparison that we've had on this list I like that one I have I like a question that. for you um <clears throat> My, I'm, I, I'm a traveling, a public speaker and I travel the country. Um, my favorite restaurant, I haven't been there in a year or so because I haven't been to D.C., is Founding Farmers. You've been to Founding Farmers back there? I have not. Oh, no. I love it. Very creative. If you get a chance, um, you know, I'm not the foodie that you and Brett are, that's for sure. But um, I, they have fun drinks, fun food, lots of different stuff, kind of a farm to table type stuff. A lot of fun. They got two or three locations there in the D.C. area. So check it out if you get back there. All right. I got one more little thing. Quick, quick yeah. one. And we'll, then we'll let you get back to your family because <clears throat> this, this is going to entertain me more than anything. Uh, a little game. I'm calling it Get in My Belly. So I'm going to give you a sport and I want you to tell me what the fans would be eating at the sport. Okay. Okay. I'll try. Some, yeah. There's going to be some obscure ones just to see. Get in my belly baseball i mean this is a hot dog and a beer it's perfect yeah i yeah. okay football football this one is gonna be a hot dog and a beer <laughs> <laughs> okay it's very american we, very american you know that's all right in all fairness in all fairness the baseball game it's a microbrewery and in the football game like they don't care okay it's no, just beer okay. fair completely fair yeah. big for you soccer Soccer. English this soccer. is gonna yeah, English soccer. I mean, this is gonna be the very humble meat pie, which to if you're Americans it might just sound disgusting, but I just want you to think about an empanada. I want you to think about flaky pie crust wrapped around some delicious ground meat of some sorts. It doesn't even matter what it is, but it's gonna be the meat pie. Who's doing meat pies in, in Major League Baseball? That's what nope. needs to happen. I don't I don't maybe Milwaukee would be the only place I could mm. think of. Maybe. Um, golf. Ooh, I mean, just because, you know, I, I got – just because the Masters had just passed, right? And it's coming back. Like, the Masters will happen. The <laughs> right. Masters is going to – the Masters will happen even if it means there's going to be two Masters within two weeks next year. That's right. all I'm pretty Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. They will not they're, let they're that so, go. Exactly. So, I'm going to – knowing that I – you guys know that I lived in the South. I'm going to go with all the Masters, the pimento cheese sandwiches and – 
you know, deviled eggs and all of those amazing things you eat in the South when you're at the Masters. My brother went to the Masters a couple of years back, said it was one of the most amazing things he's ever done. <clears throat> Got to Crack, do it Crackers with pepper jelly, all that good stuff. I'm getting hungry now. I'm just thinking. All right. MMA fighting. Wow. Just, just, I mean, I've never been to a match. Just, uh, <laughs> you can imagine. You know, I, I mean, I'm, what I'm imagining is just like, you know, some raw meat hanging from like, <laughs> you know, you talk about that bacon. Stuff. We're just going to bring out like, you know, uh, just the tartare of whatever animal. That's good. From a I was thinking like yeah. barbecued ribs or something. Yeah, it's got to be carnal. It's got, it's like, because then you like, you got it hands. all over, like, like, almost looks like bloody face when you're eating them. Bloody right. Or, or that's where they're just like, it's just like medicine. Like there's a bunch of pills. Just, <laughs> <Right>. that, that's <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Roller derby. Oh, wow. Roller derby is a sport that I've never <laughs> been to. That I, I don't know. I actually know somebody and she listens to this podcast all the time and she used to do roller derby. Like, oh my legit. gosh. Yeah. Legit. Does she love, does she love hummus? <laughs> I know they love beer. I, they love I, beer. I, I I, I bet you she loves hummus, and no one saw this coming, <laughs> but I'm going to say hummus is the food of choice at the roller derby. Yeah. That, that and be I bet you. It's amazing to see it, everyone eating hummus at a roller you, derby. You never, you've never seen it, but I bet you your friend likes hummus. That's all I'm Okay, saying. I'm going to ask her. As soon yeah. as we get done with this podcast, I'm going to text her, hey, do you like hummus? And she's going to be, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, a few more. Ping pong. Ooh, ping pong. I'm getting obscure. I mean, They're going to get a little more obscure here at the end. Yeah, I like ping pong. And I mean, just because every time I think of ping pong, I just think it's like such like, you know, an elite Asian sport, right? Like just like Asians dominate ping pong. So I'm, it's, it's, it's in, you know, it's, it's got to be in that sort of that world. It's got to be some great Asian food. I have not figured out what the menu is. It's also got to be something that, that they're just so lightning quick it's got to be good for you it's got to be healthy I'm, I'm i'm thinking it's like fa or it's like spring rolls i don't know something like that okay i like that yeah. um okay. all right log rolling i'm getting i Ooh. i went deep for these sports no listen log rolling we all want to do it this, <laughs> i this, totally want to do it i mean this might be this and this is what's great about the quarantine like we should like soul cycle log rolling like we should just like open up, <laughs> open up studios where you six can feet apart. Axe. If you're, you're on that log, you're a good six feet apart. It's perfect. You're six feet apart. Uh, ax throwing is a thing right now in a lot of pubs. Let's just bars. call it, there's a whole lumberjack games. So let's go lumberjack. Yeah. Games. What, are, what are we eating? It's kind of like MMA yeah, I mean, fighting a little bit. Sh straight up. This is a single subject uh, food right here. It's going to be flapjacks all day, <laughs> all, all day. Just monster flapjacks piled high. Just straight up Americana. You get the plaid shirt when you have to eat it. And uh, we walk by the table. We spritz them with some pond water uh, just to sort of like <laughs> really the take them. Totally. Yeah, that's going to work. All right. This is a real sport. Um, gosh, I've had this queued up too. Um, it is the event of cheese rolling. <laughs> it's in England. <laughs> it's in uh, Lowchester, England on Cooper's Hill. And Ooh. they roll cheese down, and the first one to catch their cheese as it's rolling down wins. Mm. Okay, I'm, I'm now. At least you've sent me on a YouTube hunt later, which yeah. is pretty amazing. It's great. Uh, There's I, people just get destroyed as they're running down this hill. It's great. Take oh, a look. that yeah. that does sound fun. Uh, I've seen that. I mean, it's pretty cool I, to watch. I mean, is it going to be? You might have to help me out, guys. But like, is it too cliche to just say? <laughs> so like, that's it's what I, that's be, why it's on this list. 
It's got to be cheese sandwich. Like you got to eat cheese. Mac and cheese. Cheese. cheese grilled fried cheese. Fried mac and cheese. Oh, balls, fried mac and cheese. Right. It's got to be like yeah, fried and like sporty. I think I think that could work. Okay. Or we're giving two. out picnic baskets. We're giving out proper <laughs> English countryside picnic baskets. I like it. Okay, we got two more. Um, synchronized swimming. Mm, you know what? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I think you don't eat. I don't, I don't think this is. You can't eat at this event. <laughs> you I, I you think come it's. In like, there's no concession stand. It's, it's the, it's the opera. It's ballet. It's serious stuff. I, I don't think we let you in with food. <laughs> <laughs> no food at synchronized swimming event. And the granddaddy of them all. Shin kicking. So there's an event. Listen, I want to see your take on this. I got to, oh gosh. I had it, I had it, I had it. Shin kicking, also known as shin diggings or purring, is a combat sport that involves two contestants attempting to kick each other on the shin in order to force their opponent to the ground. Okay, here you go. This is your last one. Shin kicking. It's one of the and, number and, one weirdest sports in the world. Yeah, it sounds, uh, and, and I'm, we're looking for a food to pair with it. Yep. Um, who do you do be like, pairings on this podcast? Yeah. No, I just think because this is such a weird sport and it's kind of like there's a, there's a disgustingness that's like, sounds like, you know, it's like evil and like, it's kind of gross it's like just hearing it's, about yeah. it. It's like a speed, uh, like it's a backyard, I'm, like, like don't want to go there and watch it. It's like dog fight. Yeah. I'm just going to steal uh, a bit from like a 1970s SNL episode where just someone chews some food and, and then feeds it to you after they've chewed it. <laughs> like i mean if you're paying to see shin kicking like you're probably paying for that too yeah you don't care yeah. all right man i appreciate you um that's been fun we didn't even get into, we didn't even get into your books you got a couple books out there um podcast uh starving for attention food court twitter facebook at richard blaze and you have a tiktok right now i do i do now I, have this is what's happened to me during quarantine i've, I've become a tiktoker <laughs> TikToker. i yes. have not we asked the kids hey do you want to maybe uh do a tiktok and the kids looked at her crazy so yeah you have not seen uh, me dance on social media all right well we will the blade we will throw the challenges uh your way guys and and see if you can battle us out in tiktok dancing at some point Hey, I appreciate you taking time out of your day um, yeah, away from your so family much. and doing this. Um, really appreciate it, buddy. You got, you got it. Thanks, guys. All right. Dugout Dudes, thanks to uh, Richard Blaze uh, for joining us. Uh, you can find him at richardblaze.net and all those other uh, uh, locations that Brett told you. Thanks so much for joining the show. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.